Did Liga Day Saturday at Woodstock. When people knew were forced to get off of home base, we thought it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. Other people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Tamara, who went to Woodstock 99 with our other survivor, Aaron Pacey, and I have her here now. I'm very excited about it, because you're also in that clip that was shown in the HBO documentary, uh, in the trailer, and in, in the film. You're the one laughing at uh, Aaron's brilliant quote about, show us your brain. <laughs> and uh, yes. now you're here, so thank you for coming on the show. Um, and, you know, as I said, um, we, we want to run it from the top, so... Give me a little bit of uh, of background. Like, what what was life like in 1999? When did you realize you were going to go to Woodstock? What were you into? Hit me with all that. Okay. So, I'm not going to remember as much as Aaron did because I've went to many shows since and um, I've worked in a lot of music venues and, and I've lived a lot of life after that. And so, my memory is not as fantastic as his, and I listened to his podcast, and it helped me remember stuff. So I was like, wow, he's really good at this. Um, but I do remember that Aaron definitely fueled our excitement about going. And at the time, I was dating a mutual friend of ours. And so we all saved our money, and we were all excited, and we were about to see bands that we thought we would never see. And I was no stranger to music festivals. I had gone on two tours at that time already in my life, cross country and back and up and down and all around and lots of small venues, big venues, um, larger concerts too, that were three day festivals. And so I thought I knew what I was walking into and I was excited because usually when you walk into those environments, you build a little community, you know, the, the people you camp next to and the people you meet and right. it's usually really exciting and really fun. Um, so I don't remember too much about the the buildup, but I do remember Aaron was definitely like, let's do this. And he's, I will take my car. And he gave me a great book to read while we drove up. And I sat in the back seat. They, they drove and I chilled and we had our cooler and we were just ready to go. And do, do you remember around, like what bands in particular you were like, like mostly stoked on seeing? I was really excited to see Rage Against the Machine, um, for sure. I I enjoyed Live at the time. I had had a, an acid experience with Live, and so that's why <laughs> I was excited to see them again. Um, I was excited to see Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, Metallica I'd never seen, and I was excited to see them. And um, you know, there's Seven Dust and Jewel and. I wanted to support the women. You know, Alanis Morissette was there. Yeah, yeah, the three, the three women that that, stuff, that made it onto that the bill. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so, I, I mean, there was a lot of bands I was excited to see, and then there was bands that, you know, I wasn't into ICP or Corn or um, Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock. I thought they were not to my taste, you know, but but there was a lot I was excited to see. I was mostly just excited to be with the people because I – I was always really excited, again, like about sharing an environment with people and partying and, and getting to know. Uh, that's what I was most excited about. Right. Woodstock, but, like the experience of Woodstock. Right. Like, because I was, I always really was into the history. I did a, a high school report on the original Woodstock. And um, like I said, you know, I toured and I traveled. And so I was just excited. Yeah. I thought, this is our time. Let's let our generation's going to do it right. But. 
That's interesting because, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, obviously now and when, you know, hindsight, but, you know, with calling a concert Woodstock, yeah, there is this kind of, you know, tradition and this Americana and this like, you know, iconic thing. So what was that really kind of in the air, like, you know, obviously before it started that you felt that this was going to be this like landmark event, you know? I thought it was going to be something special. I was hoping so. Um, but you really felt it the second you walk in that it wasn't going to be. I mean, it was, <laughs> we, we joked that it was like not peace, love, and music. It was like, this feels like peace, love, and Pepsi. You know, it just felt like. That's amazing. Consumerism. It's just capitalism, just moneymaker. Right. So it's the, so it's the first day you guys drove there. You, you, you get you get there. I know, you know, and, and again, this is so great because I'm getting like a different perspective on a, on a story that that we've heard. Um, so walk me through like what, what's it like when you're walking into Griffiths Air Force Base and, and you're going through the line like, you know, on, on that first day. Like, let's just start with Friday. OK, so how I remember and I don't remember a lot. I have to admit, I've partied a lot in my time. Um, <laughs> I remember, you know, the parking was you know, a little chaotic. And it was just, the people who seemed to be in charge were a lot of young folks. And, you know, that's fine. Um, And it's just like, you park there, you do this, you do that. So we park where we're supposed to park. You know, we get our our coolers. We packed as much as we could for three days and what we could carry. Um, Because, you know, you have to walk a pretty far way to get to where you're going. So you pack light, but but you try to pack efficiently. And you were not allowed to bring in, if I'm remembering correctly, perishable food items was something you weren't allowed to bring in. And so the line was long because I remember them going through coolers and taking things that were perishable and throwing them in a big pile just to just to go to the garbage or go to waste. Jeez. And I'm not really sure why that was a rule. Well, uh, probably to get you to buy stuff. Right. For <laughs> vendors. And so and, you know, at that time, I thought to myself, OK, you know, I because I was no stranger to festivals, I was like excited for vendor row or shakedown street and all the things you go to, to buy things from, you know, a local people making grilled cheese or there's the burrito bagel where you can get a delicious burrito. So I was like, okay, you know, I brought extra money because I like to eat the vendor stuff. I was a vegetarian. It's time too. So it made it a little more difficult. I still am vegetarian actually. Um, but so I remember them throwing away the food and they were, not really too I mean like we had weed we had beer I mean I probably could have brought in like a machete but they were so worried (laughs) about you bringing in like bread or cheese or whatever and so I don't know that bothered me seeing that pile of stuff just going to waste and but anyway you know whatever have at it well I'll get a burrito it's good to go so you know we get in there and we set up and it's just packed and I remember and if I remember correctly, you know, we get there and it's at that time, it's like the DJ booth is going. I think it was Fat Boy Slim. It was at, was there on Friday, I think, because well, I just remember hearing th- on loop. that would be like Saturday at like the, the rave. Was that Saturday? OK. See, yeah. And, and again, you know, d- no problem if, uh, you know, memories are, are skewed here and there. That's a, a common theme with our with our survivors. And, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Cause that's how I know that you actually went. Because uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you knew like ago. everything from top to bottom, I'd be like, "Hmm, this seems a little suspect." But yeah, no, I definitely don't. That's why I was impressed with Aaron. I was like, "Dang, Aaron, you knew a lot." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, he, he was on it. But you know, he, he, 
you know, when he mentioned that I should talk to you, it, it was, you know, because you're a woman. So you, you would have a unique right. kind of perspective on, on, on the festival because of all the nasty stuff that we know what was happening. So on Friday, when you're going in, that's like the day that like Cheryl Crow played in live and uh, Bush and okay. and, and corn and, and stuff like that on that first day. Like once you're in the Air Force Base, I mean, first of all, you're at an Air Force Base. Did you have any thoughts on that? Like, did that seem odd to you, or, or no, was it just was another venue? No, that was not my first. That was not my first time on an Air Force Base for a show. Um, I think my first one was a fish show called Clifford Ball. Um, I think that was also on an Air Force Base, um, which was a larger show. And again, I could be mixing up shows because I went to so many in my youth that they all blend together. But that was not my first time being on something like that so it was not strange to me at all that's bizarre um, that that they would use you know i mean especially like i mean not let alone woodstock but like a fish show too like to all have that be on like a military fortress is yeah, is, is, well, is kind of crazy it was their first like big show it was like a three-day show as well where it was three days and there was lots of stuff set up but it was a much different experience than this one <laughs> right. um very different uh, but yeah, I do remember walking, and I do remember when we got there, like, you could hear, you know, music in the background, I remember hearing the roars of people coming in waves, and and that's always something I loved. I loved when you were in a crowd, or you, you were sharing music with people in large groups, that energy, um, but this energy felt different. It didn't feel that tingly, excited, like, yes, you know, we're about, it felt I can't explain it. It just felt different and it didn't, it didn't feel good. And, and did that start remember, like right off the bat? Like, 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 at, like, yeah, when we're setting up, it was coming through in waves. It was like rolling through almost like thunder. It was bizarre. Um, but we, you know, we tried to join in, we tried to scream and get excited, but it did feel weird. And I do remember now that you say that live played the first night. That's when we went to the beer garden um, before we went to go see live. And everything was so far away from each other. It was a lot of walking. And that's when I saw people in mud for the first time. And I noticed, and that's when I really noticed something weird. It's like all these white dudes rolling around in mud. They were acting like total assholes right from the gate. I was just like, why? You know. How so? Like, this, L- like describe the uh, the mud people assholedom to me, if you can. There's just like this belligerence, this arrogance, this entitlement. It's just like they weren't there to have fun. It just, it just felt gross. They were just belligerence. And that's right off the bat. That's like first day in. Yeah, I remember seeing belligerence right off the bat. That's insane. For me as a woman, I, I felt it. Right. So, you know, obviously the, you know, with Woodstock 99, the the big piece of the of the puzzle is just the awful treatment, you know, towards women. You going around with with your boyfriend at the time and and your friend, you know, a big, tall guy, even on that first day, did you feel unsafe at all or or did you feel kind of comfortable because you had these these friends with you? Well, they've always protected me. Like, if I ever went into a mosh pit with them or whatever, I, I would go to shows with the, that core group a lot. They always would stand around me, and they would always protect me. So walking into it, I knew that they had my back, of course. Um, but when you have that many people and you have, um, I mean, that, was it 350,000 people there? Some odd, you know, yeah. That's much, 
that's much different than, you know, a, a club in Cleveland where you've got a hundred people at a show. And so though I knew they had my back, I did not feel safe there. I was definitely concerned. And it wasn't the first show that I felt concerned about my safety as a young woman during that time. I've had bad experiences prior to that. So I was already aware of how to be safe and try to be safe, I guess, the best I could. Right, right. Now, you, you know, because you guys camped, right? You, you, you camped out yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. What's like the campsite like? Because obviously, you know, it would change as as the days went on, but as more and more people came in and everyone starts getting fucked up. But like, like what? Like, can you describe to me at all like what the the camping situation was like, or like the sounds and smells of the Woodstock '99 campgrounds? Well, it smelled like shit and piss, and <laughs> it was rather hot. And because the porta potties were overflowing, people were pissing by their tents. I did. I popped a squat by the tent several times because I was not walking into whatever was going on in those things. And so, you know, I thought about that. I thought, if I'm pissing by the tent, how many other people are pissing by, you know, their tents? And we're packed in there pretty tight, close together. And I honestly, like, again, like, typically I'd be like, I'm going to talk to my neighbors. You know, I'm going to make friendships. Like, but I just wasn't interested in that during this festival so much i was more so i'm going to keep to myself and keep my head down and and try not to to have a problem it's like prison you make it sound like prison just (laughs) keep my head down and try not to cause a problem yeah i tried not to make a lot of eye contact or yeah i just i went i went there for music at this point i was like my idea is like okay you know this isn't my scene this is kind of uncomfortable it's really hot it's weird it's kind of gross um so I'm just going to go see what I want to see and then go back to the tent as much as I can. Like at the end of the night, I basically, my boyfriend and I would just go back to the tent, you know, smoke pot, drink beers and do our own thing. Right. How did you find your tent? I mean, cause from all the pictures and, and things I've seen, it just seems unruly. You know, it, it just seemed like there was so much there. Like, did you see a difference between when you first set it up to like at nighttime where you're like, Oh shit. Now we have to go back to this thing. Yeah, it was kind of difficult to navigate, but um, I I trusted and relied on the guys I was with to do that because I am really directionally challenged as a human. So (laughs) if it was just up to me, I never would have found the tent. So I just relied on those two guys, and they got me back there. Right. (laughs) Well, well, thank God for them, right? No kidding. I mean, it was really packed, and it was um, – everybody was so close to it. It was such close quarters. It was crazy. All those nylon tents in the heat with fires nearby. Well, we get to that later, but. Right. <laughs> well, well, it's funny you should say that. So Friday, right? Because, I mean, if I'm, not mis- if I'm not mistaken, didn't you guys arrive on, like, the pre-show day? Uh, like, one day er- early? Probably. I'll trust Aaron's memory. I think, it, it, probably. I mean, again, my memory is really terrible on this event as far as, like, dates, time, you know, specifics, but. Yeah, it, it seems like something that people bury in the in the back of their minds. Only only until they hear about Podcast Ninety Nine do those uh, memories get dredged up, um, <laughs> which is uh, w- what I'm here for. So, you know, Friday's going on. Then, like, we're, we'll we'll just focus on on the on the main days. Then, so fr- Friday's happening. You saw live. Um, you know, do, do you do you remember any other acts you saw that day? Like, because that day also, you know, had DMX, and that day had. Uh, you know, again, Cheryl Crow, I think Oleander, uh, 
there, there, there was a bunch of people. I mean, I mean, what, what's some of the the music that you remember like seeing first? I remember seeing uh, Dave Matthews Band. I remember uh, was it? Uh, what was the surprise show that Aaron was talking about? I remember that too. Oh, the George Clinton. Uh... Yeah, George Clinton. Um, I remember Reverend Horton Heat. I remember Seven Dust. I remember Metallica. Metallica was crazy because, like, we were actually going to get rain, but there was just heat lightning. I don't know if it ever actually rained. And they're like, everybody get down on the ground and put your hands on your heads. It's like, what the hell is that going to do? Like, because they totally just stopped the show and we all had to squat down. It was bizarre. That's and scary. They were afraid that the lightning was just going to hit the crowd and run through all the bodies. Yeah, you, you know, I, I never um, – because the videos that, that I've seen, they're usually from the pay-per-view, but some of them have been, have been edited down. But I, I remember, yeah, seeing footage from Saturday night where they're talking about lightning and everyone needs to be, be careful. And, and Saturday was really the day um, kind of in everyone's memory where, th- where things – start turning for the worst. That's like the Limp Bizkit day and yeah, Metallica and, and Rage. Oh, yeah. And w- could you tell like a difference as the time was going on? Like, could you feel things getting heavier or not? Yeah. I remember when Corn was on and again, I'm not a fan of Corn, but when Corn was on, the crowd really grossed me out and Limp Bizkit. I was never a fan of them either. And the crowd really misbehaved during that. I mean, they were just acting like idiots. Like, the when the whatever song that is, I mean, I, I so much dislike Limp Bizkit that I don't even know the song that caused the mayhem. But everybody started breaking. They literally did start breaking everything. I mean, it was just so disrespectful. I just is never that seen scary, anything though, like to, it. To be in that, it was terrifying. It was scary, but I stayed back. I see, and that's what sucked because, like, I loved again. You know, I was no stranger to show, and I loved being as. I wanted to be in the crowd. I wanted to be as close as possible i wanted to be a part of that energy and share and share space with people and i wanted to not be near any of the people i stayed as far away as possible as i could was still hearing the music and so it was just kind of a bummer so it's just never how i feel like that's why i forget a lot of it because i spent most of my time on the defense and and you know being aware of my surroundings that i didn't get to enjoy anything that sucks. I mean, because you paid all you know a bunch of money to to go there, and you have to put in all this preparation, and then the whole time, yeah, you you have your guard up. I mean, we're, like as you're on the grounds, you know, and you're hearing everyone, you know, yell, show us your tits and, and all that stuff. I mean, like, were were you like, did you personally see any like really not okay stuff like going on? Like, where you're like, whoa, this isn't you know, this isn't the normal kind of music festival. Yeah, I mean these. Um entitled white assholes who were just grunting and screaming. I mean, you got to remember too, this is the time of like, um, do you, you know, girls gone wild and Howard Stern's his laser pointer pointing out what's wrong with women's bodies. And, you know, just all this like over sexualization of women at this time. And I mean, it was a time, it wasn't a great time for women in general, as far as how we were perceived as objects. And, and these men really proved it. I mean, I was in great shape at the time. I was young and, you know, any any step I took, it was just show me your tits, show me your tits. Damn, you're hot and licking your lips at me. And like, Ugh. and I, when I was in crowds, they would grab 
they would grab my tits. I, I had, you, you, you wouldn't know. It was like an octopus. You know, it was just things coming at you and grabbing you. And you couldn't even place who did it. So you could say, hey, fucker, don't touch me. You know? Right. And, so, and, and, you know, no one can really do anything because it's, it's just, you know, right there. I mean, honestly, I got to tell you, um, you know, you, you're the first person we've had on the show to say that that happened to you. And I, I, I mean, I have uh, I'm, I'm experiencing something now physically that I haven't felt interviewing anyone. And uh, I don't like it. It's a, it's it's awful. I mean, no, I, I, I don't feel... like it either. And the first interview I did, I did an interview with a, a nice man in New Zealand. And it was really triggering, to be honest. Because, again, you know, as a woman who did a lot of shows in the 90s, this wasn't my first time being uh, groped or touched or sexually harassed. And, you know, I, I went through a lot of that, that sort of thing, uh, being a woman who wanted to enjoy music. And, and that's just unfair bullshit. I mean, I should be I should be allowed to be there and be safe, too. You know, fuck you. You don't Absolutely. you don't get to touch me. You don't get to grab me. If it's hot, I should be allowed to wear my jog bra and my shorts. And that doesn't give you the right to touch me you yeah know? i mean even yeah. if you were completely naked which i'm sure you saw tons right. of naked people there right sure and they had every right to be i mean women don't owe you shit and they can i mean a man could go around with his nips hanging out you know why can't a woman go around without her shirt and that you know how weak are men that they oh well you you should and i remember seeing a quote i think it was somebody it was part of the organization of it who said well would you expect his women walking around what do you mean, what do you expect? So you're admitting that men are that weak that they can't control themselves? I right. mean, come on. That's bullshit. Right, and you were with two guys that could have, you know, easily, you know, like say, like if it was just like a one person coming up to you and doing something, like, you know, you, you could have been helped. But again, like you said, like you described it as an octopus, which is kind of fascinating and terrifying, you know, because it's, again, it's just these zombie hands coming out from the, the right. grave and grabbing, grabbing whatever... I mean, was there any, and I, I don't want to harp on this uh, too, too much longer because I, I understand it's difficult, um, but for That's instance, okay. like, like, like the rave, right? Like, because like, you mentioned seeing like Fat Boy Slim, like that always seemed like the kind of most debauched aspect of the whole festival. Do you remember anything like from that? Like, so the... I personally actually did not go inside the rave because I knew that that probably wasn't the place for me having a boyfriend and, you know, and Aaron kind of did that on his own and like. I was on the outskirts of it and I heard it, but I didn't actually go inside and, and take part of it because I knew it was more, you know, of a sexual, and that's fine. You know, you, people want to be sexual with each other or d do whatever you want. But, um, that wasn't for me. I did not go inside there because again, I was worried about my safety. So I stayed away from certain things. Did, did your concern like, like <laughs> over, over your safety, did that grow as the festival went on or was it from the start to finish like on edge or did it get worse as, as things went on? It got worse as things went on for sure. Um, you know, the first day it was noticeable and it was upsetting and it was disappointing and you could see, you know, people were breaking stuff and people were talking about my tits way too often and licking their lips at me or I would get, you know, someone would grab a handful of my ass on the way by, you know, stuff like it was disappointing. And then it got, of course, you I mean, you probably saw it. It did build. There was definitely a buildup. And these dudes felt so emboldened to just do whatever they wanted. I mean, it was just like, I don't know why they thought. And, and I apologize for using the word rape, but it did happen there. I am not sure why groups in the middle of a show thought that rape was acceptable and it happened more than once and it's it's just absolutely terrifying 
that that was something that was going on there. And and I don't know. I just get. No, it, 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 it's devastating. I mean, and, you know, and people it carry is. that with them forever you know it's like like you know we always describe it as the quiet ride home where all the guys that acted like complete fools you know and and assholes and every and even worse you know like now they have to like drive home you know and like they're not at woodstock anymore and they have to go back to normal life and like they're just like oh shit like i, I did that or i had hoped that at least they had some semblance of like oh shit i did something wrong but the women that that happened to i mean like as you describe it to me now like i'm feeling you know for you like i'm feeling like a guttural feeling you know, hearing about this and hearing about how, how like unsafe you felt. Do you feel like, I mean, you described the, the kind of sign of the times thing with like girls gone wild and stern and, and all that stuff. Do, do you think that there was any specific reason why at Woodstock it happened? Like it, it became so much more prevalent. Do you think it was just like a buildup of society at the time? Or do you think that something happened at that festival to allow that kind of behavior to pass? You know, I do think it's a recipe. You know, it was like, you know, one tablespoon of Limp biscuit, you know, two tablespoons of Howard Stern. You know, you add in, uh, it was hot. You add in, you know, that there was greed there and people were pissed off. They had, uh, you know, poor environments to go to the bathroom, to sleep, to eat. Um, you add in also uh, you know, the musicians encouraging stuff. But I think, I think that, a big part of it really is just, you know, a pack mentality. It's like a pack of wild dogs. You get five dogs strolling down the street, one dog bites, and then they just start going crazy. And I think that they all just fed off each other, that, tos- that testosterone and that pack mentality. Uh, they encouraged each other. They emboldened each other. It was just this this a, a, a apologetic, like, like okay, you know, you're going to do this. I'm going to do it, too. I don't know. Like, they, they felt entitled to do it. They felt... And they were angry. And it wasn't just like they felt entitled. They were angry. And I can't, that's the thing I can't put my finger on is what were they so angry about all these men? A bunch of spoiled shits who probably had pretty decent lives and you could afford a ticket to the show. Right. You had tons of stuff to do, tons of music to see. What were they so angry about? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that, that you say, you know, there's tons of stuff to do. Because, yeah, there was so much more than just... The, I mean, there was plenty of things to do besides harass women. I mean, like, let's not, you know, let's not get it twisted here. Did, what other kind of stuff did, did you do there? Like, like, did you, you know, like you talked about checking out Vendor Village and stuff. Do you remember, like, what the Vendor Village kind of looked like? Or did you get anything? Did you check out any of the side side areas or, or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we checked out side areas. I didn't spend too much money because I, I, I fast discovered how expensive things were. Like, a vegetarian burrito was $15. So That's like you know, 30 bucks now, like, with inflation worked out. Right. It was expensive, and, you know, water was expensive, and we did at one point take a, a trip to town to, to fill up on some things, um, which was also a disaster, but why? a side story. <laughs> why? Well, we get into town, and, you know, and everybody's panicking. There's a bunch of us going into town. We're like, shit, this water's expensive. Damn it, we're starving. So we're going in to stock up on some stuff. And there's just all these so-called Christians. And there's, and, you know, and again, for anybody who can be triggered, there was a, a lot of signs about pro-life. And they were very graphic. And it was terrible. And they were screaming at us that we were sinners. And it was just so in- so intense it's like dude calm down i came to get some water like and was that come here to was that like stuff that you think was already there or were those people specifically there to protest woodstock 
they were specifically there to protest Woodstock and the people coming there because we were, and when I mean, they probably weren't too far off about how a bunch of assholes were there, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they were protesting for the wrong reasons. I mean, there was a bunch of dicks there, but um, yeah, that, I just thought that was a bizarre place to, I mean, their signs were so graphic and so gross. Everything yeah, like the extreme gross. ones, right? With like the yeah. like abortion pictures. Yeah, that's that's awful. I mean, and you know, it's interesting. No one's ever brought that up. I didn't because you know it's it's very rare that I talk to someone that like left and then came back, right? Like that's not something that like I feel like a lot of people did. Only like true rock and roll warriors like yourself who are so experienced with concerts. You're like, no, we can leave and come back. So yeah, I, I didn't even know that, that that was happening. That that's really interesting. I mean, yeah, but, and you know what's funny is Aaron. You know, I love Aaron's a good dude man he always has he's always on the right side you know and he's rolling down his window and he's giving them the business too right <laughs> and, uh, good for him i remember being like yeah you go aaron <laughs> yeah no no for, for sure yeah he's like one of my fucking uh woodstock 99 heroes like 100 percent um you know with woodstock there's kind of this like this vibe this this belief that you know it's it's free love and and you know anything goes and it's crazy and you can get naked and all that stuff uh, do you feel like that attitude, like, is is you know contributed to some of the behavior of the people where they just felt like because it wasn't just a normal concert because it was a Woodstock that you were allowed to, you know, do certain things or get away with certain things, or do you think it was just the people of the time? Yeah, you know, and listen, I, like I said, I've worked in bars and music venues, and 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 that's what happens. It's like like on Halloween. You know, people get a costume on and they act like assholes. You know, people New Year's Eve, you act like the people act like assholes. And, and so I think, too, yeah, they thought we're walking into this and we do, we can be a different person. I'm going to just be a fucking asshole, which is a shame because they should have walked in there saying, I'm going to have a good time. But for some reason in this generation, in this time, in this crowd, they just wanted to break things and cause a problem. And. Right. It's again, it's strange to me because I don't understand why that undertone of anger was so powerful more than let's have a good time. Right. And, you know, a lot of people would, would blame, you know, the the kind of capitalist mentality of the whole thing and the price gouging and all that stuff. And other people blame the music. I mean, obviously, yes, there were some aggressive, you know, acts, you know, that that kind of catered to a, a specific crowd there. Do you think that the music had anything to do with it or do you think it was literally just bad apples? I mean, sure. I think that when you get a bunch of people together and you feed off of each other and, the, you know, the, the lyrics that people hear. But, but again, maybe the music might have had some influence, but it's that pack mentality. You know, it's just when you get a bunch of people together and, and they start behaving badly, they feed off of each other more than the music. The music certainly had, you know, it was the soundtrack to it, but it was, it was the people who were to blame. Right. And I do think the nineties were a strange time. You know, like I said, with girls gone wild and Maxim magazine and Howard Stern, and, you know, it's just this culture of kind of this belligerence and, and what you're, you're too sensitive. You can't take a joke and, you know, and, just the meanness there was a meanness at that time and and women were not they were objectified a lot at that time too absolutely i mean even when you watch the the you know the the footage you could see the camera guys like honing in wherever they can and then of course that's how so many of these just like casual i i you know i i, I 
I don't mean to use the word casual, but, you know, when you see so many of them, that's kind of like these casual assaults, you know, that were just happening left and right, you know, and it's... Well, that's how they were treating it. I mean, they were just apologists of, you know, sexual harassment, assault, and and rape. I mean, they were just, yeah, hey, this is what we do here. I mean, they just all condoned it with each other and encouraged each other, and, I mean, it was a shame. An absolute shame. And and these people are still alive in America today, and, and what are they doing now? I mean, that's what's scary. Yeah, I, I think about that all the time. Like, you know, and, and again, they're probably you know, the assholes who stormed the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so well, let's get to that. So, Sunday now, right? It's the, it's the final day of Woodstock 99. Yeah. People are tired. Everything's broken down. You know, like, I'm guessing you didn't take a shower or anything there, right? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that's, just, that's just out. So, like, on that day, like, did you. F- like, could you feel it like starting to boil over or was it just like, was it just like the other yeah. days and then it happened to go bad? You know, I mean, I, at that point too, I, everybody was so hot, so tired, so thirsty. And I, I mean, I was exhausted. Um, and, and I kind of, that's when, I mean, that's when we're walking. I mean, that's the day we got interviewed even because when we were walking around during, people would behave badly at night more so during the day it seemed at first but by sunday it seemed like people were just you would walk by to just oh i'm gonna go get a coffee and people are just breaking the artwork just smashing things and screaming and it was just and again the people in the mud i don't know if it's because they were like flailing and sewage and they were like got some sort of like weird zombie disease <laughs> and that's why they were at hole. but it was just like just baffling and and I and I was so disappointed that day because like I have always I loved Red Hot Chili Peppers like eighth grade blood sugar sex magic was like my jam and like now I'm an adult and I'm like oh, I get to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers you know I'm so excited you know Anthony Kiedis is so dreamy and right. I was just so excited to 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 see them and and again you know and I think I go too far because uh, that was the end of the night but. Yeah, you did feel it. It was just build up, build up, build up, breaking, screaming, yelling. I was more worried about myself more than ever at that point. Um, I, I stayed away from a lot of stuff. and But I did want to go to Red Hot Chili Peppers. And that's when it got, obviously, as you know, really bad. Yeah, because they, they were passed. Did you get, like, one of the candles that, that were being passed around? I did around? get one of the candles. I, I, I have to admit, I looked up why. I didn't remember why. And I saw today it was because of gun violence. Because right. was that around the time of Columbine? Yeah, just a Columbine couple months happened after. In 90, yeah. Columbine happened in 96, though, because I graduated No, no, it was 99. Yeah. It, it, it was 99. Yeah, yeah, April 20th, okay. 1999. Uh, I only know that because, you know, I was, uh, I was a kid then. So, to me, I mean, that was kind of like the Manson murders of my generation, you know, like, you know, and it was kind of the like demarcation point of like this era is ending and this era is starting. And that's kind of like Woodstock 99 too. You know, it's kind of like, I always describe it as kind of like the ultimate of, of the nineties. And like, and that was the thing. So you, you actually got one of those. Did, did you, uh, you didn't set any of the fires though, did you? Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was appalled by the fires. I was terrified. When that started happening, like, I mean, because I've been to, you know, big concert. Like, for instance, I saw Rage Against the Machine once and people were setting fires. And, I mean, I was worried, 
but not like that worried, you know, because I was like, oh, fuck it. It's like, you know, guys way over there. But it seemed like there was fires happening all over the place. Like, were you seeing them pop up or did it just kind of happen all at once? Yeah, so you, you would see them pop up, and but but definitely on the last night, it was you could not go anywhere without seeing things on fire. Um, and I remember especially the part where I got the most concerned was again it was red hot chili. Peppers. I was so disappointed because I was I was so excited to see the chili peppers, and people had their candles, and then of course the idiots, the stupid people, started everything on fire, and they're like, hey, you know some guy gets a hey guys stop it but okay that's gonna stop it and right. <laughs> there was like a car i was like a, i don't even know why the car was in the crowd it was like a mercedes or a bmw i remember it was a like you know a more high-end car it was a mercedes and mercedes and people started to rock it and i'm like what the, like why is this car here and then they <laughs> flip it and then not only do they flip it they start the fucking thing on fire. And I'm like, why? And again, like, why are you so stupid and angry that self-preservation has gone out the window? Like, this is not smart. And, you know, there's so many people. So now I'm worried. You know, I'm 110 pounds at best that people are going to trample me running away from this thing. And I'm like, damn it. Like, come on, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking up the, the whole thing. And that's kind of, you know, that that's when you start seeing people start start looting and stuff. I mean, at, at what point were you guys like, okay, like, too much, time to get out of here? Or, I mean, did, did you walk around and kind of check out the chaos at all? Okay, so I I, la- I I went back to the camp after the, the car got overturned because then that it just went to shit after that. I mean, that's what just started. And we kind of like, at first we walked slowly and we were observing because it's just like, you can't help yourself, but like, what is going on? And people are, you know, ATM machines and they're knocking over porta potties, which again, like, how dumb are you? Why would you do that? You're also living here right now and and drinking and eating here. Why would you yeah. dump sewage everywhere? Uh, they were looting the vendors and then just fires were popping up. The porta potties on fire, uh, vendor places on fire. Um, then they were going after like the tractor trailers that had like refrigerator unit storage. They were breaking into those and starting those on fire and those were exploding. And you're seeing all this happen right around you. I'm seeing it happen and I'm just like, okay, you know, like, uh, so I could see it from my tent because we got, we were pretty close and you could, we were close to like where you could walk out and see. And so I stayed close to my tent at this point. And we all had, like, a little talk, like, we should probably maybe leave, like, this is scary. You know, we're in a a dry field full of nylon tents, and there's sewage and fire everywhere. Maybe we should go. But then we decided to not go. And I know Aaron. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Eh, fuck it. We'll stay. Hey, why not? (laughs) We've got some beers left. Yeah. We've got some weed. Smoke them if you got them. Aaron did uh, walk around and he, he checked stuff out and, you know, and that, that's a privilege of a man that he, he was, not that he was able to, you know, I feel like that's like a a strange way to say it, but as a woman, I never would have been like, I can walk out in this and document this and experience this and see what's happening. you know, in, in this historical moment, I was too scared. I stayed close to my tent because, I could have been, something could have happened to me more so than Aaron. 
Right. Um, right. I mean, un- undoubtedly. So, I mean, and and I feel like, you know, it, it, you know, it's like powder keg shit. It's like once all that shit's going on, then it's like everyone's trying to get their bad behavior out in this last few hours. And I'm sure you were seeing that in real time unfold. You know, I mean, like, were, did you like meet any other like w- women or just anyone else at, at that festival that was like, you know, having a bad fucking time like that like and, and scared too no and again, no and that's what was a shame about that like it, 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 there was no community there was no family like i've been at other shows or concerts i didn't connect really with many other people at all like maybe vendors or maybe but no i didn't yeah just 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 keep keep to yourself and see the music <laughs> so l- looking yeah. back on it because you know th- then i'm guessing you know you get home it's all over the fucking news you know, like, what was kind of your, like, takeaway? Like, like, what's it like coming home after Woodstock 99 and knowing that you just went through all this and seeing it all over the TV? I was mostly just confused about what had happened because I, it, because as someone who had gone to a lot of different shows and not experienced anything like I just wondered what, what went wrong. Like, why, why did this happen? Why, why did something that could have been so beautiful and so fun and so amazing goes so wrong and what can we do to to make it better and you know and again it goes back to that i kept saying you know besides the fact that media culture music magazines objectifying women wasn't a good choice uh you know it's just the 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 greed the the peace love and pepsi rather than peace love and music and people you know it was just about making money and they didn't care about the people they didn't care about making it safe or comfortable for the people nobody cared about you know, the bathrooms they weren't emptying them they were charging too much it, it, it just it was sad it was depressing a little bit right to know that something that could have been so great was so terrible yeah well and you know so, so let, let me ask you this a couple of the other uh, folks that that we've talked to you know that they said that when everything was going wrong right the amount of people actually tearing shit apart and, and setting the fires and doing all like breaking in the ATMs was relatively small compared to the amount of people there. Um, like yeah. was that kind of your experience or did it just feel like complete bedlam? Everyone's lost their mind. No, I mean, no, I, I don't feel like everyone lost their mind. I mean, you could see a lot of people were hunkered down in their camps and like shit, like it got quiet. I feel like, well, it wasn't quiet, <laughs> but like the people at their tent at, and where we were sitting, like it was quiet. Everybody was not cheering it on. It was solemn. It was a solemn feeling at the end of the night. Bummer. Um, like a total bummer. And and, we, and like I said, we wanted to, we were kind of like, let's just, you know, maybe we should just go. Like this seems kind of dangerous. Uh, and then in the morning, you know, and then I think, I don't know, did the National Guard come or was it just local police? It was like, it was police and and like from, from what I've seen. And again, you know, it's like, you would probably know better. You know I mean? Well, you of course would know better than, than I would, but you know, it's like, it seemed like once like real authority showed up, everyone just kind of lost their steam. And and that was, yeah. I mean, cause they came rolling in with big vehicles and you know, they had, they were ready to stop it (laughs) and they did. And we were thankful for that because my biggest concern at that point now was that, you know, with, being in an open hot field with nylon tents that everything was just going to start on fire. And it was just not, not cool. And sewage everywhere is not cool either. Right. Um, it doesn't sound cool. <laughs> no, it wasn't cool. So in the morning, you know, you look around and I mean, it was just like, it was just filth, just filth down. There was just garbage everywhere. and Everybody just looked kind of defeated. And, 
And I'm sure you heard Aaron's car got towed. Right. And we're just, God, what a and, mess. And there's, there's no cell phones at that time. You know, here, here's the bullshit. Like, we parked where there was other cars. We parked, come on, man. Like, why would you tow a bunch of cars after what just happened? And... And not even give anybody any information about where your car was. And without cell phones or, you know, the internet access, we were just like, man, fuck. Now we're stuck. We should have left last night. We're stuck in this bullshit, in this filth town. <laughs> we're starving. We're, we're thirsty. We want to go home. Yeah, um, yeah. Then you can't. I mean, that's got to. I mean, that that is the worst. I, I feel like that's such a unique part of your guys' story. Is like you you went through all this shit and then you can't even leave. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're and then, stuck. And it's the a horror movie. Aaron's car got stolen out of his driveway after he got home. Oh my god! Yeah, he just couldn't catch a break. <laughs> he couldn't catch a break. I was like, really? Come on. <laughs> So with all the shows that you've been to, all of the festivals, all of the all the craziness that you've seen, does was Woodstock 99 really like what was it the worst or have you seen worse? No, it definitely was the worst as far as like community behavior. I mean, I've experienced some crazy things. Um, you know, when so uh, Jerry Garcia died in 95 and then in 1996 fish tour happened and it was like dead and fish combined. And when they combined, there was some pretty crazy stuff that happened there. Like Colorado, there was a three day show and uh, people, it was a strange time there too. There was a lot of chaos and, and things, but it wasn't like this, you know, it was just like tow truck hillbilly drivers running over hippies cause they didn't like them. And, you know, just the town behaving badly. But, I mean, this is the first time where I saw a community of people get together and just be so angry and hurtful that, and yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, it just seems so so bleak. I mean, especially looking back. But overall, with all the music you saw that, that weekend and, and the memories you have, did you have a good time <laughs> at all? Um, I mean, I was thankful to see certain bands, but, you know, people ruined certain things. You know, people around me were ruined. They made it not okay. Uh, uh, I didn't have the worst time ever, I guess. I, I, I mean, it was pretty bad. I don't know. That's a, that's a trick question. It's a trick question because, like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I was excited to be there. I was excited to see certain bands, but the people ruined it. Right. They really did. It was. It wasn't. It was not the best. No, I, I guess walking away from it. No, I didn't enjoy it, especially knowing that not only was I assaulted, but there was women who were um, heavily assaulted and hurt. No, right. definitely not. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's obviously the the lasting kind of legacy of of the whole thing. Um, and, and the darkest aspect of the festival. I mean, you know, of course it ends in flame. I mean, there's not a single aspect of Woodstock 99 that, that isn't, like, sensational in the worst ways. You know, and, and that's why we're talking about it. I mean, do you feel it's important to look at that event, like, with a critical eye and kind of relate it to now? Or was it just like a fluke, crazy, end of the 90s, total disaster? Or is it something super relevant and worth talking about now? No, I think it's relevant and worth talking about. I think that um, it's important to critically analyze, like, what at that time caused this underlying 
emboldened behavior of white men in particular who felt that they could just take what they wanted, who could just touch, grab, steal, break, start on fire and, and not feel bad about it. And and I hope that and, I, and not that I hope I can already see a change. I mean, obviously, there's already a change. You know, feminism is, is more active. Um, you know, uh, people are more conscious and, and hopefully getting to a better place where we can gather like that and women don't have to be afraid where artists don't have their artwork destroyed and, and not everything is on fire. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's been really, really awesome talking to you. I love these multifaceted stories where I get to talk to two people that were there together. Cause you know, it's a, your experience is, you know, vastly different, but also very similar to, to Aaron's. And, and that's what, that's what I love. I can't appreciate, you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's, it's, it's really been awesome talking to you, Tamara. So thank you. I'm so glad you survived Woodstock 99. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time and, and being patient with me. And again, like this could be triggering for people. And, um, you know, if anybody has experienced anything terrible, uh, I hope that they, they tell their story or get help or, and this doesn't happen again. And I hope we all learn from it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. We will talk soon. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was uh, harrowing. I mean, what, what a, what a heavy, what a heavy thing to, to actually speak to someone who was, you know, grabbed, groped, assaulted at, at Woodstock 99. It's, um, yeah, I'm a little taken aback. I, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, you know, after, uh, what, like 40 some odd, almost 50 episodes of this talking to, you know, dozen of, you know, people that, that were there. Um, it, it is definitely different, um, to, to hear that and to hear that, that perspective. So, uh, we, we really appreciate, uh, that, you know, that this survivor story in particular for that. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, Folks, as always, if you went to, worked at, or played Woodstock 99 or know someone that did, contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on Instagram at podcast99. I'm Ryan Lichten, and I'll see you at Woodstock.